just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. We're all winding down now after the Christmas holiday. A lot of people are ramping up and winding up for the upcoming New Year's Eve and New Year's Day holiday. So still a lot of activity about partying going on. Not a lot of work happening during this week. Fortunately, I don't do a lot of work, so it doesn't bug me anymore. Back in the day when I was trying to make money, I always thought of the days leading up to Christmas and the days leading up to New Year's Eve as kind of a waste because nobody was in their office. Nobody was doing jack shit. I mean, I understand you got to plan and get things ready, but it doesn't take you a whole week to plan to go out for New Year's Eve. Anyhow, I've got a story I'm going to talk about here, and it reminded me of when I was young on Christmas Eve. Now, back when I was young, we're talking about the 1960s, we had a regular schedule on Christmas with my mom and my dad and my brother and I and my sister and or sisters who came later. And it would be that on Christmas Eve, we would go to my grandparents' house on my mom's side. That night, we'd come home. We'd have Christmas in our house. And then later that day, we'd go to my other grandparents on my father's side. So i got to be honest with you, I was a very fortunate kid. I lived in a family that had a few dollars, so I never wanted for anything. My grandparents always did all right. And uh, I basically had two full days of nothing but Christmas, and uh, it was an exciting time. Now, on those nights, I would go to uh, my grandparents' house on my mom's side on Christmas Eve. I always remembered. On the radio, there would be something that came up, some report on whichever radio station you were listening to, and it was a report coming from NORAD. (laughs) And NORAD was tracking the flight of Santa Claus and the reindeer. And it sounded very official. It sounded true. It's on the radio, for Christ's sake. It's got to be true. When you're seven years old, you buy into that stuff. And you would hear that, and it gets you all excited. But then you'd be in the car going home, and it was dark, and you know you had to go to bed soon. And I'd always look out the window, and inevitably I'd see what really probably was a plane or something, but it always had a red light. And I'd look out there, and I'd look at my brother, and I'd go, there's Santa. The red light's Rudolph. It's got to be. It's got to be. And we would convince ourselves, so we would push We would push my dad to drive faster to get home because we didn't want Santa to show up before we got there. I mean, not only weren't we in bed yet, we weren't even in the house. So we encouraged my dad to drive fast home as fast as he could legally. And then as soon as we got in that house, mom didn't have any problem putting us to bed. We got in, got in our pajamas, hopped in bed and tried to fall asleep as quickly as we can. Now, I will tell you that uh, (laughs) we were never missed by Santa. Fortunately, we always got in just under the wire before Santa got there, got ourselves to sleep And it was always a happy day on Christmas morning. And I feel, you know, I feel very fortunate for that. There are a lot of people who go through their lives, have struggled, haven't had the best families, and didn't always have the best Christmases. I feel for those folks because those memories are very valuable to me, and they will be till the day I die. So all you can do as you get older, make sure you give your kids some memories. Make it special. Make it magical for them because those memories will stick with them for the rest of their lives. I mean, I got these memories at 61 when it happened, you know, 55, uh, 55, 58 years ago. I still remember those things. I still cherish those memories. So be sure to make those memories for your kids and your grandkids. I know I tried with my kids and now I'm working on my grandkids and hopefully I will be successful. But the reason I thought of that was because of a story I read today, actually yesterday. 
Now, on Christmas Eve, President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden was were at um, the National American Aerospace Defense Command Santa Tracker. Now, I don't know where that is, if it's a real place or not, but they were at this location, and this organization was doing what NORAD did back when I was young and was tracking Santa and his reindeer as he was making his rounds. A special thing for the kids, you know? Give these kids something to be excited about. They did it in the 60s for me. They're doing it now in 2021 for the new kids out there, like my grandkids. And I think it's awesome. It's awesome these kids could see this. Now, I don't know that it was on national or even local television, but it was being streamed. And since streaming is now mainstream right now, a lot of kids were able to see it. So President Biden and uh, First Lady Jill Biden were there, and they were taking some calls from people. Now, there was a gentleman from Oregon. His name is Jared Schmeck. He's 35 years old, and he called to speak to Joe Biden and the First Lady. Now, what they did is they, you know, talked about the normal Christmas things, talked about each of his four kids, and they were all talking about what these kids wanted for Christmas. Now, the list I saw was pretty crazy. They wanted a lot of stuff and uh, stuff that was pretty expensive, too. So when the call was ending, Joe Biden said to uh, Jared Schmeck, hey, good luck, Dad. You know, kind of a joke. Dad's going to have to buy all this stuff. Mom is, too. Uh, This isn't going to be the easiest thing. That's not going to be easy. Now, at that point, at that point, this conversation was very pleasant, very Christmassy. And actually, the whole conversation did end up being fairly pleasant until, until they were going to break off the conversation. And uh, then Jared Schmeck said, hey, Merry Christmas. Oh, and let's go, Brandon. <laughs> what? You just had a nice conversation with the President of the United States. It's Christmas. It's some place to be fun for your kids. And you have the fucking audacity to say, let's go, Brandon. Now, I'm sure he thought he burned the president and burned all the Democrats. Of course, we Democrats or Democrat allies don't give a shit about let's go, Brandon. We think it's stupid. We think it's ridiculous. If you're going to say something, have the courage to say it directly. I mean, I have no problem saying, fuck Donald Trump, (laughs) fuck Mike Pence, fuck Mark Meadows. I have no problem with that. I don't have to make up some clever little thing to uh, get across my message. But this guy did that. Now, here's the thing. Biden wasn't really phased. He said something, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And, of course, the First Lady kind of winced because she knew what was going on. Now, a lot of people in the Republican Party, see, Joe's nuts. He's crazy. He's got dementia. He didn't even know what he meant. I think Joe did know what he meant. I think Joe was just not going to respond to this. Or he was being self-deprecating for himself. He certainly knows what Let's Go Brandon is about. It's in every social media platform and the newspapers on TV and all this stuff. Everybody knows what it means. And Joe Biden certainly knew what it meant. But he wasn't, he just wasn't going to react to it. As I say, the first lady winced a bit because she was uncomfortable with the situation. Now, the interesting thing is what causes a guy to do this? And I'll tell you what causes it, and something I've talked about before. And I've, you know, I've had this problem, too, when I'm just standing there talking about anything and I meet somebody who's a Trump umper. They just can't help themselves. They've got to get a zinger in. They've got to make a comment. They've got to try to own you. And usually they're far too stupid to actually accomplish it. And for me, I can go all day and not talk about politics with somebody who loves Donald Trump. But the first time they confront me with something that's bullshit, a lie, a conspiracy theory, I feel compelled to talk. And then, of course, they try to blame me for being the one that's starting the fight. No, you started it, and I just tried to correct you. Do you a favor by giving you 
better insight as to what you're talking about. So next time, you won't look stupid. Well, they never see it that way. Well, here's the funny thing that happened. Right after that happened, right after that happened, he and his wife then posted a video of him saying this all over social media. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Oh, they were proud of this. They were absolutely proud of it. They wanted to get as much exposure showing how cool they were because they said, let's go Brandon to Joe Biden. Okay, that's what you want to do. That's what you think you want to do. So they do that. But guess what happens? Oh, the backlash hit hard. All kinds of backlash. I mean, it was disrespectful. It was unnecessary. It was diminishing something that was supposed to be special for their kids and other kids. But they just had to get it in there. They just had to say it because they thought they were smart. They thought this would give them a certain amount of notoriety amongst the trump And it did, you know. But the trump don't make up as much of the population as they think. You know, I hear... I hear these Tremplifucks saying, we're going to come to this event with millions of people. No, you're not. You got maybe, maybe 30% of the people in this country that support the things you say. That's not enough. That's not enough. But they thought they would get all kinds of accolades for this, but that's not quite what happened. They got a lot of kickback. They got a lot of backlash. They got threats. I would never condone threats ever because that's absolutely ridiculous in this situation and every other situation concerning politics. But they got their threats. And guess what? They got upset. They were now the victims. Oh, I can't believe it. I was just exercising my First Amendment rights, and these people are trying to shut me down. (laughs) It's kind of ironic, isn't it? I mean, these people constantly try to shut down your First Amendment rights. I mean, one of their main strategies when you talk to them is they try to talk louder, longer, and over you. That's how they beat you, because they don't want to hear facts. So these people don't have any reverence for the First Amendment rights. But now when they get attacked and they become the victim, now they're all weepy, playing the victim and saying, I have my right to say what I wanted to say. And here's the lesson we've tried to tell them for years now. Yes, you have a right to say what you want to say in this country. But there are some things that will cause you some reactions, negative reactions to the things you say, and you will be held accountable for them. Now, this poor guy and his wife are crying and whining because all these Democrats and or Joe Biden fans or whoever are now attacking him. He's having second thoughts about all this notoriety because it's not him being a hero or him getting his 15 minutes of fame. No, it's negative. Did he not think at any point that he would not get some negative backlash from this? How could you not? He was so excited about looking important amongst the base and all the Trumplifucks, he didn't think about all the Democrats that might kick back about it. I mean, this guy is a horrific parent. If that's what he does when they're just trying to have fun and have a chance to talk to the president with their kids, he still has to make it a political event for himself so he can put himself on a platform. And then when he gets the backlash, he cries and whines. He's upset. These people are picking on me. And all I had to do was exercise my First Amendment rights. Well, here's the thing about that. You particularly, meaning Jared Schmack, what a name, what a fucked up name. Anyway, I bet he didn't get teased in high school, huh? Schmack. I got teased with my name, so don't give me shit about that. Anyway, he's all upset because he's getting this backlash. As if the Republicans and the Trump have never done that to a Democrat. 
Fact is, they've done it many times to Democrats and to a much more serious degree. And also to people who never asked for it. I'll give you an example. An election worker in Georgia, her name is Ruby Freeman. Her her daughter got her to work on this election in Georgia in 2020 just to help out, do something for the community. And for whatever reason, there was some video shown of her and her daughter doing something. And Trump LaFox and Donald Trump himself interpreted that as them doing something illegal, doing something with the ballots. Now, I'm guessing they didn't really see anything that really struck with them, but they knew they had to pick out something. We know that Donald Trump had spent a lot of time just trying to conjure up ideas to make it look like there was election fraud. I mean, he even said that to the DOJ. Just say it's bad and I'll handle it from there. Take a rumor or conspiracy theory, then blow it up and try to make people believe it's real. That's been the whole time Donald Trump's been president and since he's lost the election. It's about giving the perception that something happened, even though it didn't. Well, anyway, this Ruby Freeman was doing her job on 2020 election in Georgia. There was some video put out, you know, just like news B-roll or something like that. And Donald Trump and some other Trumplicans saw it, thought she did something illegal, or just wanted to say that she did something illegal. And Donald Trump, the president of the United States... These uh, folks, Lord and Savior, pointed out that he thought that was election fraud and gave out her fucking name. And he did it multiple times. So this poor woman did absolutely nothing, certainly nothing like Jared Schmeck did. He was looking for trouble when he did what he did, but Rudy Free- Ruby Freeman was just trying to help out. Donald Trump outs her as somebody doing illegal things, even though she wasn't. And now her life is a living hell, and it still is to a certain extent. She got all kinds of threats and harassment and people standing in her yard with guns and all kinds of crazy shit. You remember the story, too, where this woman comes in to talk to her and is lying to her. She says, Uh, We're here to protect you. We know you're in trouble, and we can get you out of here and put you in a safe place. But you have to admit there was election fraud. Well, Ruby didn't commit any election fraud. Ruby didn't do a goddamn thing. She wasn't going to admit to it. But you see what was happening there. This woman had a connection to the Trump campaign. This woman also had a connection to the uh, Kanye West. She was a PR person for Kanye West, who's a fucking nutcase and not a good person. Uh, but, and they'll say, well, he's bipolar. Okay, he may be bipolar, but he's doing fucked up shit. Either get some help, get somebody to take care of you, but just because you're bipolar or have any other mental illness, you don't get to do fucked up shit in this country. I mean, the whole reason he ran for president was to try to take away black voters from Joe Biden. I mean, the Republicans in the Trump campaign basically funded Kanye's fucking campaign. It didn't do shit. It was a joke because Donald Trump was involved and it failed like everything else Donald Trump did. So anyway, this woman comes in, tries to pressure her to say that, Uh, She did something wrong, even though she didn't, so they could give the perception that something was wrong, and then Donald Trump and the Trump LaFucks could run with it. So this woman has been under fire for months since the election in November. This has been going on from November to now December of this month. That's over a year. That's well over a year. And she's struggled and gotten a backlash and gotten all kinds of trouble. The big difference here is that uh, Jared Schmeck went out and actively did something he knew he would have problems with. He did it on purpose. And then when he did it, he put it all over social media because he was proud of it. Now when he gets a backlash, he's all upset and he can't believe people are so mean to him. Well, fuck you, Jared. That may be the, my, new, my new tagline. 
Fuck Jared Schmeck. <laughs> Fuck Jared Schmeck. Because you, you, you disrespected Joe Biden. You disrespected your kids. You disrespected kids all over the country. Now you're getting some heat for it. But Ruby Freeman didn't do jack shit. She just did her job. It was Donald Trump and all you Trump fucks that demonized her and caused her all kinds of trouble and pain and harassment. She's just a lady in Georgia, has a daughter, has a family, and you put them all in jeopardy. Because as much as Donald Trump or most uh, Trump administration people, they wouldn't necessarily do anything to hurt her, but I'm not sure about that because... This woman that came out to talk to her did come from the Trump administration. But it's all the other fucking crazies. It's all the other crazy people out there. They hear Donald Trump say, you got to go up to the Capitol and fight like hell or you won't have a country anymore. He didn't have to tell them to go in and smash the windows in and, <laughs> and, and, and hurt and kill police officers. They knew what he meant. And the same case is here. He didn't have to say, go get Ruby Freeman. All he had to say is, she's cheating. She's part of the election fraud. And now all these crazy fucks are doing everything to terrorize her. So you can whine and cry, uh, Jared Schmeck, about the backlash you're getting. But you caused it. You brought it on yourself. You were so arrogant, so hungry for 15 minutes of fame, you didn't give a second thought as to what the negative ramifications are going to be. Now, apparently, Jared Schmeck was a police officer at one point, not surprising. He's had some issues with guns in the past. He's no longer a police officer. He owns his own company. And people are doxing him all over the place. He's going to get all kinds of heat. And I'll be honest with you, I don't feel sorry for him because if he had thought a little bit ahead, if he wasn't so arrogant, he wouldn't have done that. But he was hungry for the fame and the approval of all the other Trumplifucks. I don't feel sorry for Jared Schmeck. I don't feel sorry for him at all. I do feel very sorry for Ruby Freeman and, and her daughter. She didn't ask for it. She did nothing to get it. It was simply Donald Trump and all the other Trumplifucks that foisted it upon her and put her in danger. So, my new motto will be, fuck Jared Schmeck. <laughs> and let's give Ruby Freeman some help and help her get out of this. I understand she is now suing some people, Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani. And uh, unfortunately, she has to get in line because a lot of people are suing those sons of bitches. But good for her. Good for her. Sue them. And uh, try to get back to living a normal, safe, and happy life. And, uh, oh yeah, fuck Jared Schmeck. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So they're expecting another surge, or we're kind of seeing a surge anyway, with uh, the pandemic, with this Omicron variant. We're hearing about all kinds of air tra travel being canceled. I think over the weekend, uh, there was like a thousand flights canceled because of Omicron. Now, I don't know if it's because of not being safe um, wherever the locations were they were headed or if it was people not showing up for work because either they're sick or protesting the vaccines or whatever. We've seen a lot of this. Here's the interesting thing. On Tuesday of this week, tomorrow... We are going to be, my wife and I are going to fly to Arizona in the morning on Tuesday, come back Wednesday afternoon. And the reason we're going, uh, because my wife is a big Gopher fan, Minnesota, University of Minnesota Gopher fan, 
And uh, the Minnesota Gophers are playing in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl at Chase Stadium in Phoenix, Arizona. So she wants to go down there, and she only wants to go for one day. You're probably saying to yourself, why would you just go down there for one day? Well, I don't fucking know. My wife said we're going down there for one day. So we're going down there for one day. We'll take other trips. But anyway, we're going to fly down to Phoenix, and I'm concerned. Now, the airline that my wife works at, they they haven't canceled flights. They've been able to get all flights off, and so far it looks so good. But then there's the other aspect we have to worry about is whether or not the bowl game itself will be canceled because there's at least three or four bowl games that have been canceled. And it's conceivable they could cancel the one in Arizona with uh, the University of Minnesota. And if they do, I'm still going down anyway. Just hang out in Arizona for a day, get out of the cold, and just say we did it. But uh, this Omicron thing has really taken hold, and over the next few weeks we are going to see a surge, they tell us. A surge like we've seen before. Except with Omicron, it's spreading so much faster. It's very quickly. I know of some people who have gotten it that are that are uh, vaccinated. They're all right. I know a lot of people are relying on the fact that what we've heard about Omicron says it's a milder virus than Delta. So there are a lot of the unvaccinated saying, oh, we got away with it. We got through it. Omicron is not a big deal. We'll be fine. But here's what you need to understand. Omicron may be the dominant variant currently. And it got there very quickly, like within a couple of weeks from zero to 90% pretty quickly. But you need to understand the Delta variant is still out there. Just because Omicron crops up, doesn't mean Delta goes away. Maybe ultimately it will, but it doesn't suggest that it goes away. And we know with Delta, it is much more serious. And it is much more deadly. And you still have a serious opportunity of getting Delta. Now, Omicron, they say it's less harsh than Delta or COVID-19, and that may be true. But not all the studies are in. We don't know how it's going to impact people overall. And it's going to spread quickly. We have 40% of this country that are not vaccinated, and it's going to spread through every one of them. You listen to the doctors and they say, if you're not vaccinated, you're going to get it. You're just inevitably going to get it. Now, if it's just a minor thing, good. We don't want anybody hospitalized and we don't want anybody dying. In fact, we want to get more people out of the hospital so people who really need hospitalization can actually get in and get taken care of. I mean, if you have a heart attack, car accident, whatever, and you go to the hospital and there are no rooms because they're full of COVID people, well, that's a problem. You know, some poor guy or some poor woman who's ill for whatever reason can't get into an hospital, that just kind of tells you the state of our health care in this country. And that's one of the things that I think the pandemic exposed. Our health care system is fucked up. I mean, we always knew it was too expensive, but it's not very efficient either, especially if you've got a pandemic. I'm hoping that by way of this pandemic and going through all the horrible shit we've gone through with hospitals and um, doctors and nurses and things, that this is going to ultimately bring about a change in our health care system. We're pretty much the only country, any serious-sized country in the world, that doesn't have single-payer health care, doesn't have free health care. We're the only country that has health care that can bankrupt and destroy people. We're the only health care where people have to make a decision. Do I eat or do I get treated? It's a fucking ridiculous situation. And the only reason we're here, of course, is because Big Pharma and um, the big health care companies have lobbyists everywhere putting money in the pockets of our representatives so that our representatives help them to maintain their position. 
there are easy ways to fix this, but our own representatives are stopping it from happening because they enjoy the money they get from big pharma and big health care. Well, this is a pretty serious and pretty dramatic effect, this pandemic. You know, we're going into the third year of this pandemic. If this doesn't cause people to sit up and take notice and decide we need to make changes, I don't know what the fuck will. A lot of things need to be changed with our health care. Not only the expense of it, but how we handle it. How prescription drugs are distributed and what they cost. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that you can buy insulin here and it costs you $1,000 a month, and you can go to Canada and it's like 30 In this Build Back Better bill that they're going to pass at some point in maybe February, um, that will ensure that insulin is down to 35 bucks a month for everyone. And that is the very least our health care system can do. But it's also going to bring down the rates and all of that sort of thing. So hopefully enough will have happened where people will say, yeah, we, we, we've got to do something. But I think it's really interesting that all these anti-vaxxers are now feeling like they're safe because Omicron is allegedly a much milder virus. Yeah, I'm not going to take those kind of chances, especially when 800,000 people have already died. If you have any kind of other um, immune deficiency or any other problems, that mild Omicron, as they say, still may have some serious effects on you. It's still going to affect the elderly. It's still going to uh, affect the people that are immune compromised. It's not a safe thing. And the fact of the matter is, is you've got this variant. If it keeps moving around with these unvaccinated, it could uh, become another variant. And this one might be worse or might be uh, not affected by the vaccinations. The good news about the Omicron, from what I understand, is that uh, with the two shots, you're okay, but you can be better protected as long as you have the booster. Now, that's the weird thing about this country. We've got a 60, what, 60% of the people vaccinated the two vaccinations, but only 30% of the country with the booster. I'm thinking people think they're safe. They got the vaccination. I don't have to do it anymore. Those people that already vaccinated, I can't imagine they're against being vaccinated. They're just being complacent or apathetic about it. But if you've got the two vaccinations or the one Johnson and Johnson vaccination, you need to get the booster. Um, Omicron might be more mild than the other variants, but do you really want to take that chance? Do you want to get it and give it to some elderly person who would have more trouble with it? Do you want to get it and give it to your kids or grandkids? I don't think so. Better to be safe than sorry. And you people that think, oh, we're out of the woods, Omicron's not a big deal, don't even fucking think that because that's a stupid way to think. Omicron is here. Something else will follow it. Because of these people that are anti-vaxxers, we will have COVID in our lives probably forever, and if not forever, for a long time. It's going to keep percolating around the, around the world. It'll change. There'll be more vaccines. There'll be all kinds of shit. Because we didn't take care of it up front by getting everybody vaccinated, we are still going to deal with this next year and the year after and the year after. So at the very least, protect yourself, protect your family, protect your loved ones, get the fucking vaccination. And if you already have a vaccination, like I said, don't be lazy about this shit. Get the booster. If you've already got the vaccination, you should have no problem with the booster. Just fucking get it. All right. 2022 is coming up. And, you know, in, in, in New Year's coming up, there's always resolutions and things you say you're going to do. And for me, for this country, I would like to say our resolution for this country should be in 2022, the year of getting shit done. We spent four years with Donald Trump doing nothing because the Republicans don't want to do anything. 
First part, or the last part of 2021, we got a few things done, but the Republicans kept trying to block every move the Democrats made. Now we're going into 2022. We're leading up to the midterm elections. We need to get shit done, and we need to get it done in a hurry. We need to get the voting rights bill passed, and I think they will probably do that in January. Then we need to get the Build Back Better bill passed. January, February, March, who knows, but it's got to get passed somewhere in this first quarter. (laughs) Then we also have to complete exposing all of the Republicans in Congress that were part of this insurrection. Get it out in the open. Give it some air so everybody knows what happened, who did it, and that they are going to be accountable for it by way of indictments, in trials, and convictions. That has to be done. We need to get shit done. We don't have a lot of time. We have 11 months now to get to before the midterms. And those midterms are going to be crucial. As I've said before, the reason people voted against Donald Trump wasn't that they loved Joe Biden. It was because they were scared to death that Donald Trump will get back in office. Joe Biden got 81 million votes, the largest number of votes for a president ever. You know what the second amount of most amount of votes for a presidential candidate are? 74 million. That was Donald Trump. Those two candidates got more votes than anybody in history. Just so happened, Joe Biden got more, and he won. So when the midterms come up, of course, everybody kind of lays back, and they say, okay, I don't need to vote this time. Well, if you felt fear in 2020, you need to feel that same fear coming this midterm. Because if you hand everything back to the Republicans— Nothing else is going to happen for two years. Joe Biden is going to be stopped just like Obama was stopped by the Republicans. And we can't afford that. That's why I say the year 2022 has to be the year we get shit done. Just in case the Republicans take over in the House and the Senate in 2022, we want that shit done before they get in. Because if we hold back on any of it, it has the potential for being tossed aside, including the investigation uh, with the House Select Committee. We need to get all that shit done. 2022 should be the year we get shit done and get it done quickly and seriously and significantly. We can't sit around and say, well, should we indict the president? Fuck that. He did enough stuff to be indicted. He should be indicted. Whether he goes to jail or not, I don't care. But you need to indict him. You need to indict all these people that uh, participated in the insurrection. That needs to be exposed. That's going to make things a lot easier for the Democrats come 2022. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene, one of those people that were probably deeply involved in the January 6th insurrection. In fact, we know she was. Some text messages that suggest as much. And she'll be exposed at some point soon with the House Select Committee. Well, here's the interesting thing about Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's an investor. I'm not talking huge money because she doesn't have huge money. She's just a Dumb fuck what from Georgia? And uh, what she ran unopposed. How the hell did she run unopposed? How did that fucking happen? Nobody else wanted to run for Congress? Fuck, I would have run against her if I lived there, just for the hell of it. All you have to do is hear her talk once and say, well, nobody's dumber than she is. I certainly can beat this stupid... Anyway... Interesting thing about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene is dead set against the vaccinations. She thinks it's the most horrible thing in the world. But what's interesting is this big-time investor apparently has invested in some vaccination companies. AstraZeneca, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson. 
Now, she's against the vaccines, but she invested in the ones that are doing the vaccines for COVID. I mean, that just goes to show you what she says isn't about uh, what's true or what she really believes. It's about whatever is beneficial to her. To talk badly about vaccination, she thinks, helps her get votes. When, in fact, it's just killing many people that would vote for her. But anyway, that's what she thinks. Now, of course, she's really stupid, so that's not surprising that she would go that way. But still, she's invested in vax companies, the companies making the COVID vaccines. How do you fucking explain that? Well, somebody asked her and he says, well, I, I don't really know about my investments. That, uh, investments. That's done by a third party. Marjorie, you don't have that fucking much money. You know exactly where your thousands here or 3,000 there is going. You know. And uh, <clears throat> you're just talking shit. You got caught and you were so arrogant that you did it boldly and blatant, blatantly and you thought nobody would catch on, but they did. It just goes to show what a fucking fool you are. You know, the other thing she invested in, too, and I have to wonder if she didn't do it before it before anybody really knew about it, you know, a little insider training, and that was for Donald Trump's new social media company, which is nothing more than a, a grift or a scam. But she was one of the early investors. Now, now, I'll grant you, she doesn't have a lot of money. She's not investing millions into it, but she's investing into it because she got the sense that they were going to get this billion dollars and she would make all kinds of money. That's why she has this job, Georgia. It's not to help you, not to represent you. It's to benefit her in any way possible. That's what it is. Now, if you're okay with that, keep voting for her. But there are other people running against her. Uh, there's a gentleman, I think his name is Marcus. I don't know his last name is running against Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't even know what party he's in. But if you listen to him talk and you listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene talk, no question, you vote for Marcus. He's a much smarter guy. He's a veteran. And uh, he's going to bring back some normality to Georgia. Now, of course, uh, when we talk about January 6th, there's always new things coming out about it. We're hearing about text messages, documents. We're seeing more and more footage. In fact, the Select Committee released three hours of a tape on January 6th, and it all involved a battle in the Capitol Tunnel. Now, there were several locations where problems were, but this was just in the tunnel. Now, I'll be honest with you, I haven't sat down and listened to or watched three hours of this shit. I don't need to. I watched it live on TV when it was going on, and that was appalling enough for me. But I watched some of these videos for a certain amount of time, and uh, I keep thinking back to these people. Well, it was it was uh, Antifa. Well, it wasn't Antifa. These were all Trump people. Or it was just tourists. Now, these weren't fucking tourists. These people were animals. They were terrorists. And uh, they keep want to push that narrative. So what the House Select Committee has to do is keep pumping out these videos. They can keep saying what they're saying, but the video is there showing that they're lying, showing exactly what happens. There are a lot of people, for whatever reason, are uninformed about what happened on January 6th and have a tendency to believe what they're told by the Trump fucks. So you need to keep pushing these videos out there. Keep exposing people for what they, what they believe. Because it's a lie. And it's bad for our country. Just because the Republicans don't believe them. Try to find out what the truth is. And then vote your conscience that way. If you're all about terrorism, by all means, vote for these fucks. But all you have to do is sit down for 15 minutes and watch some videos. You'll see exactly what happened. And if you can still say that was a peaceful group of tourists, then you're a fucking idiot too. And your time, it's, you're not worth my time. I can't talk to you because you won't listen to shit. You will just divert, distract gaslight. You want this. You are, in fact, a terrorist. If that's what you want in this country, you're not only a terrorist, but you're a, an enemy 
of the United States of America, of the Constitution, and of all the good people in this country. So you get what you deserve. I mentioned earlier about about, uh, New Year's Eve. I'm sure a lot of you folks have some uh, plans for New Year's Eve. I gotta be honest, I, I probably don't. I probably won't do anything special. Maybe go out to dinner with my wife or something, but nothing nothing crazy, nothing special. I don't drink, so that isn't going to be an issue. But it reminds me <laughs> of a weird story. Not a weird story, it just I it struck me as funny. Back in the eighties. I had a recording studio. I owned a recording studio. I did music. I did commercials. I did uh, slideshows, all kinds of stuff. And I had this customer. He was just down the block from me. I was in downtown Minneapolis. My studio was Kitty Corner from First Avenue. Target Center is there now, so that building no longer exists. But I had this guy down the block in uh, another building. And uh, he called me in one day, and he says, look, uh, remember, this is the 80s. He says he was an investor. He was actually a very, very wealthy guy, and he handled a hedge fund and all this stuff. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, he called me down there, and I'm looking for business because I didn't have much money. And he says, here's what I want to do. I want to put out an audio version of the newsletter I send out because I can get it out quicker. I'm sending out the newsletter no matter what, and people will be able to read all this stuff. It'll be like 50 pages or whatever it is every month. That was part of what his customers got for the fees they paid him. And so he said, I want to do an audio version of it and get that out to them as quickly as possible. So it was So basically, he had a little setup to record a cassette. The cassette was one-sided. It was about 30 minutes. My job was to pick it up every month, put labels on it, put it inside an envelope that they already addressed and put postage on, and um, stuff it in the envelope and send it out. Now, he did like 150 of these every month. And uh, I didn't make a huge amount of money, but it was consistent. And I made enough to pay some bills with it. And he was just down the block. And so I did that. Now, what you have to understand about this guy, this guy was very wealthy. But he didn't come from wealth. He was a smart guy. He worked in some brokerages. And then he got his own own business. And he became very successful. (laughs) But he was eccentric as hell. I mean, he wasn't crazy, but he would just—he just did stuff that weird people or that rich people wouldn't do. It was kind of weird for them. Like, for example, I'd go to his house. He had this beautiful condo, actually three condos hooked together, looking over the river. Each one of these condos was a couple hundred thousand dollars. He had one next to one and one above the other, and he had spiral staircases and stuff. And this guy had a lot of money. Nice guy. He liked me. His employees were scared to death of him, but he liked me, and I could just talk shit with him. I'd go over to his place to pick up a tape if he was at home at the time, and he'd come to the door, and this guy literally would walk up in a torn T-shirt, an ugly beat-up hat, cut-off shorts that he did himself, and thongs. That's how he dressed. And I always thought, well, that's kind of cool. Here's a guy that's uh, got a lot of money, but he doesn't act like it. I'll give you an idea of his sense of... uh, his sense of, I don't know if it's style, but <laughs> he had three houses. He was on an island off of Maine, off the coast of Maine, beautiful area. He had a house in Tucson, Arizona, for the winter months. And he had these three condos in Minnesota, where he spent most of his time. Now, he knew he had to have a car in each location. Now, this guy is worth tens of millions of dollars. He had a car in each one of those places, and it was the same car. And it was because he really liked the look of this car. (laughs) But the car he chose to have in each one of those places, (laughs) fucking PT Cruisers. Guy's got millions of dollars, and he buys a PT Cruiser for each of his houses. But that wasn't the story I was going to tell you about. Um, It was about New Year's Eve. Now, he never had a party on New Year's Eve. He's a good drinker, though. I mean, he and his buddies drank a lot. He had a lot of wealthy friends. And uh, (laughs) so he would have a party on New Year's Day. 
He said, I'm going to get all these people over here when they're all hung over and stuff and have a party and have a nice, a nice setup for them. And that's what he did. And he'd invite me um, because we were friends as well as I worked for him. We had a lot of weird interactions because <laughs> I didn't treat him like he was anything special. He kind of liked that. But uh, he, he would try to come at me a couple times, and I'd go back at him, and we'd just laugh about it in the end. But anyway, he'd have this party on Chris or New Year's Day after everybody had been partying the night before. And he would get there, and it was like in an empty club, like an empty jazz club. And he'd have this amazing jazz band playing. And it was beautiful. He had all these nice white tables, uh, tablecloths, these beautiful settings. He had this huge buffet of really good, expensive food. You know, everything from ribs to, it was a brunch. So it had all those things, breakfast stuff, but lunch and dinner stuff, steaks and pork chops and all the stuff. It was beautiful. So everybody would eat. And then... Uh, the band would play and people would be dancing and drinking and having fun. Of course, this was all free to everybody. He pays for everything. And so the party would go on, the party would go on, and it'd get to be about 1230 at night. <laughs> and maybe people were getting hungry again because they ate like about six. Anyway, what he would do, you know how they have the weddings now where they have the big sit-down dinner and then later they bring in pizzas? Yeah, that happens a lot lately. But anyway, what this guy did, because of where he grew up and what he knew and what he liked, and because he was a little eccentric, he'd have this lavish meal, this beautiful room, and this jazz band playing. And at 1230, <laughs> he, had, he had like a thousand White Castle hamburgers delivered <laughs> and put them out on the tables. And you know what? Every one of those rich fuckers ate all those goddamn White Castle hamburgers. It was just such a contrast that struck me as strange. Now, I'm a big White Castle fan because I grew up with them. But you don't expect to see it <laughs> in this situation. Now, I think the, the gentleman has passed away, so I won't be going any, to any parties with White Castle hamburgers. But it just struck me as a strange story, and uh, he was an interesting guy to meet. I have a lot of stories about him, I could tell you, but we don't have time now. So I'm going to wrap things up, remind you to send me a note if you'd like to ask questions, comments, complaints, rationalboomer at gmail.com. So you have yourself a good day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.